This is the At 530 on Main podcast. I'm Sean Collins. And I'm Mike Davis. And we're here to discuss the convergence of digital and physical experiences in today's world. With Extend Group as an expert in designing online experiences and VPS Architecture, an expert on creating physical experiences, you will hear unique discussions on technology, theory, and more that merges our separate areas of expertise into one podcast experience. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy today's At 530 on Main podcast episode. All right, so we are in the extension studio here at 530 on Main, Evansville, Indiana. Uh, awesome day to be on a podcast. Uh, beautiful day outside, beautiful day inside, and we have an awesome guest. But first, going to introduce my co-host here, Mike Davis from VPS Architecture. Mike, what's going on this week? This week? Yeah. Oh, what's... It's going crazy. Mike is, crazy. is blowing up the architecture world in a good way. Things are really accelerating for him. Really uh, want to celebrate that for a moment. He's been uh, working real hard, and uh, it's good to see all that hard work, all that muscle, uh, you yeah, know, turn off a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So uh, today we have in the studio. Uh, if you are a local resident, regional reg- resident, Indiana resident, uh, you know, southwest Indiana, down into Kentucky, you know this name. Uh, Ron Ryan is the executive director of the Boys and Girls Club of Evansville, uh, a Chicago native. Just learned a little bit about that. He is a fan of the Irish. He moved here 21 years ago. Uh, his dad actually played in a champion on a championship team for Notre Dame. Grandfather, grandfather, grandfather. Yeah. grandfather. Man, my long, memory. long time ago. A long, long time ago. <laughs> my gray hair is showing every time I, I I have one conversation and it's like five conversations away. It uh, kind of slips. He is a he has a vivid background in education and coaching. Uh, Ron has a true passion for our community's youth. Combined, Ron has 35 years of experience in coaching, coordinating, directing, and managing students uh, and various personnel. His education includes visits at the University of Illinois at Chicago, Chicago State University, St. Xavier University, uh, Governor State University, where he received his Master's of Arts in Education Administration. Ron is very active in the community, having served on the United Way Planning Committee, served as the United Way Agency Director's Chair, is a member of the Evansville Sports Corporation Board, and serves on the board of Indiana Alliance of Boys and Girls Clubs Southern. Ron is also a former two-year United Way board member, a 2013 recipient of the Indiana Outstanding Club Professional Award, designated by the Boys and Girls Club of America and the 2018 Boys and Girls Club of America Midwest Region Horizon Award winner. Man, you are getting it done, Ron. Because of the people that I surround myself with. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Well, welcome to At 530 on Main. Uh, We talked a little bit about it. At 530 on Main is really built around the word experiences uh, or experience. Uh, you know, we all have a, an experience and, and play a part in our region's 
experience here, whether that be for the youth of today, building you know future uh, structures for the youth and the active members of today, whether we're building a leadership experience or whatever that is. Uh, welcome to the App 530 on Main Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yes, very, very much so. So, so tell us a little bit about what's going on at the Boys and Girls Club of Evansville. I mean, you just covered a few things about a turf field and everything yeah. before we went on air. Sounds like a lot of really good things going on. Yeah, really exciting times right now. Um, you know, this summer uh, we got a boost back in attendance from being down uh, during the COVID school year where we had to put kids into pods. It's, it's been a little different. It's actually worked out quite well, though. Uh, I think the kids have gotten a really good club experience educationally, you know, where staying in their pods and staying with the same group and staying, staying with the same instructors throughout the day. Uh, and we continued that in the summer, but, uh, you know, we got back up to about 120 kids a day during the summer, which is still not pre-COVID. We're, you know, anywhere from two to 300 kids. Um, but we're excited about getting back up. Um, right now we're going through uh, shutdown. When the kids go back to school, what we do is we strip and wax the floors, paint the walls, uh, do a lot of repairs throughout the building, and full-time staff are able to take vacations because there's only five of us okay. that are full-time staff. The other 25 to 30 are, are part-time. Um, and what's unique about the Boys and Girls Club is you know 30 of us that are there you know, anywhere from 20 to 25 grew up in the club. Yeah. You know, so a lot of our alumni come back, especially the ones in college uh, that are on our scholarship uh, uh, recipients. They come back and work during the summer. So, so it's it's really cool. Uh, we're we're planning right now. Uh, hopefully, starting construction our ball field out and back, which which we had redone um, 11 years ago. Um, Mike was involved in that, uh, not only uh, with pen and paper but with sweat <laughs> equity. Um, involved in that, where we got a grant from Major League Baseball and redid the field. Um, what we're planning on doing now is we're going to redo the field and we're going to put turf down. Okay. Uh, so it's going to be playable, you know, 24-7. Um, hopefully put some lights up there uh, so we can extend hours, especially during the fall when it gets dark soon. Uh, put some restrooms out there for the community mm-hmm. um, and a pavilion. Uh, so it's not only a boys and girls club field. Uh, we're doing this as a contribution again to Evansville because we look at ourselves as a partner and a piece of piece of Evansville. And this field will be used by Special Olympics, uh, not just Special Olympic athletes in Evansville, but in Southwest Indiana, and Buddy Ball, which is a handicap league out of Newburgh that'll be a whole lot easier for them to participate on a turf field. We're putting pavilion. And like I said, in mm-hmm. restrooms out back, uh, getting a new scoreboard up, it's it's exciting. We kind of redid uh, right next to the field right now. We redid the basketball courts out there. We put a futsal court, which oh, nice. is uh, a soccer, mm-hmm. a smaller soccer field. Introduce kids to soccer out there uh, inside a fence. So you know, I never played soccer uh, growing up. Really didn't know much about soccer until I got to high school, and we had a soccer team. Um, and as we come here in Evansville, soccer's huge, and, and it's getting bigger and bigger. So we want to introduce kids in our community uh, to the game of soccer on a smaller field where they're not running around, maybe not touching the ball for 20 minutes. You know, keep it action-packed and, 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 and fun. So that's one of the things we're looking at. And then down the road, we're looking at maybe building a workforce development center 
or another Boys and Girls Club in another part of our community. So it's really, really exciting times right now. Oh, wow. And then I, mean, uh, I got I to brag a little bit on Ron because you, you didn't mention what happened Saturday, Cornhole Tournament, that provides healthy snacks for the, the kids in the club when they come there. And I think we had our biggest year ever, 127 teams played. And I think we raised almost $30,000 for uh, – it goes towards providing – you know, snacks for kids after school uh, when they come to the club. But yeah, again, we don't we don't do what we do at the Boys and Girls Club without the community. Mm-hmm. You know, our membership fee is ten bucks a year. Yeah, uh, you don't have to be an accountant or sharpen a pencil to figure that doesn't <laughs> pay the bills. You know, we we rely on businesses in this community. Um, United Way, we're a United Way organization. Um, we rely on individuals from this community, our national organization, um, and special events. And this is. One of the special events that, you know, Mike has been involved in uh, since the get-go with a class from Leadership Evansville um, that they got together and brought it to us. And it's it's actually one of the, the most volunteer working committee uh, that we have. A lot of our special events are board members, yep. you know, doing all the work. This committee is mostly made up of folks that are not on the board but have a passion for our kids and, and have a passion for our community. Mm-hmm. And they... 13th year, Mike? This is 12th or 13th? 13th. 13th year. Um, And and over $30,000. I want to say closer to $34,000 when it's all said and done. And all of that money goes to healthy snacks for our kids. You know, our hours of operation during the school year are 2.30 to 7.30. Some of them kids eat lunch at 10 Mm o'clock. So we have to feed them uh, throughout the evening. And then during the summer, they get two healthy snacks during the summer. So... We wouldn't be able to do something like that without this group. And they just keep making it bigger and better. And I think they've outgrown maybe where we're at now <laughs> because because it's so big. We have people from all over uh, the tri-state. Uh, you know, other states come and show up to participate in this event. Uh, it, it, it's an incredible event. I can remember yeah. the first one. I, I can remember back that long as a LE, you know, alum. And I, I can remember uh, what that looked like. It, I can't believe it's been 13 years. Yeah, 13 years, 20 boards going. Originally, maybe there yeah. was four or five over at, uh, yeah. <laughs> at Cheeseburger in Paradise sure, or Bar Louie, one or the yeah, other. Yeah. yeah, Whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Out in the parking lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A lot smaller, but yeah. And, and the great sponsors. And the great sponsors are, not only do they sponsor, but they always have teams and they always come to play and they bring their family and friends. And yeah, we fill it up. Yeah, it's 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 an awesome event. Again, made possible by the community and uh, volunteers in the community and the businesses in the community. That's how we survive. Yeah, and we've been surviving now for we're going on sixty years. Next November, uh, been a part of Evansville, uh, our new facility on Bellmead. Been there now Mike, uh, eleven years. Uh, Mike was a big part of that. Uh, uh, I was probably a pain in his behind uh, for about a year, but because <laughs> he was he was the lead guy on that, and we. Had a lot of meetings and no, I'm pretty outspoken yeah. and, and uh, <laughs> sometimes, uh, but it's a beautiful building. We get we get uh, people come in there all the time and compliment on the way it looks, the way it's designed, and and uh, it's it's just an awesome place. Moving from an 1894 schoolhouse to that yeah. new facility was pretty cool, not only for the kids, the families, but for our staff. Yeah, and location. You know yes. that location was definitely your your better you know, encompass. The, the kids that live in that area versus where it was, and it's just a better location as well to impact more. 
Yeah, we uh, did a study and insisted on that location yeah. and, and got it. But, you know, we were in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Barry wanted to add on. <laughs> well, and I know, so, but the funny thing was, I think, how, how long after that was built or it was being built and everybody had asked, are they keeping the roller skating rink? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, no. Nope. <laughs> nope. That's going away. No, it's it's uh, it's a great place. Uh, we're in the right location. You know, that's where we're doing the study. If we move somewhere else, where we should go. Um, at the time when we went there, it was the highest crime rate in the city. It's not no more. We feel that we're, we're a big part of that. Um, the community has accepted us uh, with open arms, and, and, and it, it's just awesome. Yeah. So what was it like over the last year and a half with, you know, the pandemic and COVID, like running that experience for for your youth? I mean, it was uh, a whole new world like it was for probably you guys and most businesses and, and you know, places in our community. We had to redo, we had to rethink and, and redo the way we run our club. You know, we had to put kids in pods. They stay with the same instructor. So, you know, that group was together all the time. They moved around like, you know, back in my Army days where, you know, okay, march, we're going to get your marching orders, we're going to go here, we're going to go there. You know, alarm's going off, okay, it's time to clean and spray the room, go to the next room and next activity, uh, markings on the floor, six-foot six foot distances, markings outside of the building when you come in. Yeah. Had a great partnership with the University of Southern Indiana and their nursing program. They, they're still doing it to this day, taking temperatures wow. as kids walk in the building. Um, it was just a whole new way of operations, and I can't compliment uh, my staff, um, which is the best. Um, they just did yeah. it. You know, this this is what we got to do. This is what we're going to do, and, and we did it. Yeah. Yeah, actually, one of your staff was just recognized, I think, by News for You, right? News for You and the Junior League yeah. uh, of Evansville. Uh, Leslie Asbury, who's who's been, you know, I've been – 18 or 19 years, she's been there, 23, 24. That's one of the other cool things. Nobody leaves the club once you start working there. It's a great place. Uh, We have a family atmosphere not only with our staff but with our kids that go there. Um, She's incredible. She's stepped up. uh, She's done every every job uh, but mine, and she's doing mine sometimes. Uh, She's she's an incredible uh, young lady and stepped into the executive director's role, and and she led the charge on all this. Uh, So that award is greatly deserved for her. Well, and – for you know, talking about the the leadership experience, to have individuals that stay speak a lot about your leadership as well, and building a culture of a family and, and inclusion, and making sure that everyone is is a part of that. So, congratulations to you for that, and and I love hearing those stories of, you know, they've been around for five, ten, fifteen, you know, years, and and those organizations are the ones that is. As we always say here, if you don't have that culture, uh, you got to build that first because without that culture, you know, marketing makes a bad product feel faster. And uh, you have a great product, and it's all around the leadership and, and the team that you have there and the culture. And, and it's, you know, we're part of a national organization. You know, uh, most people don't realize that boys and girls clubs are in 19 countries. You know, there's 5 million kids today that are boys and girls club kids. Uh, Indiana's a great state, you know, one of the one of the probably top five in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, number two in Midwest behind Wisconsin, where they're on a lot of Indian reservations also. But we're in 19 countries where military families are. So it kind of tells you uh, how we're thought of. And, you know, programming. There's something for everybody at the Boys and Girls Club. That's what makes us unique. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's reflected in the youth. The youth that go there, because if you ever get the opportunity to tour, the the kids will take you around. They're so proud Amen. of uh, not only being there, but the space they have and the resources they have. And, and, and that's just, that's one of the special things. If you ever get to take a tour or Ron says, take a tour, make sure you go when the kids are there. Cause they'll, they'll definitely show you around. Everybody finishes the tour. And I mean, everybody, I cannot think of one person that did not say the same exact thing when they were done and come in my office, when the kids bring them back to me, I had no idea you did all that. Yeah. People have no idea what we do. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, speaking, I've said the word several times. Uh, what is, you know, the basis of the At 530 on Main podcast is really the word experience. What does that word mean to you? Well, experience is, you know, we look at, we just talked about the longevity of our staff. So we've got a lot of experience. I think a lot of us in our roles at the Boys and Girls Club were there because of our lifetime experiences, starting from when we grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when I first walked into the Boys and Girls Club, um, when I was interviewing for the job, I walked into the old building and got goosebumps. As soon as I walked in the door, it brought back my experiences growing up. You know, I grew up on the south side of Chicago, um, and my days were pretty much going to school um, and then going to the Chicago Park District. You know, and Chicago Park District's you know, is awesome. Uh, there's parks on the corner of every neighborhood, um, and that's where you basically went for athletics. You know, they didn't yeah. have the programming that we have at Boys and Girls Club, but it was a place to go to keep you out of trouble uh, with mentors and those folks and teachers throughout my career and coaches shaped, shaped me into the person I am, and those experiences led me. When I went to college, I went there to play baseball. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I got into teaching and coaching because those are the people that in my life experiences made a difference and made me who I was. So that's, that's what I became. And you don't realize that unless you sit back and think about it, yeah. uh, which my wheels are spinning right now thinking of all those folks. Um, but it's the ex- experiences you have as, you know, as a little kid all the way to today. Those are the things that shape all your decisions that you do not only in your home life, but in, in your work life. So growing up, you... You obviously have, you've traveled, you've been at all these uh, wonderful universities, uh, all the education. You're traveling now, you, you have a son playing baseball. Um, like, how is all of, all of that travel and all those stops really played and impacted how you provide the experience for your, uh, let's say, youth today? First of all, son-in-law. Son-in-law. Pitching for the Giants. I know you're a Cardinals fan. Yeah. Uh, but, Cubs uh, fan over there, too. Yeah. 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 Cubs yeah. slash Giants fan nowadays. See, I've messed this up twice. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. Every, everything you do. Um, you know, I was yeah. just in, in San Francisco um, last week watching him uh, play a couple series. And it was really my first time extended in San Francisco to see the city and see how it operates and, 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 and see the people. Um, and see the differences, you know, in that community and our community, mm-hmm. you know, all those things. And I've had the opportunity to visit other clubs, um, you know, not only in Indiana, uh, but in Georgia um, and a few other. And you see how they do things. And, and that's one of the cool things with experiences with boys and girls clubs. You know, you don't always have to reinvent the wheel. 
Yeah. You know, if somebody's doing a great job with something, bring it, bring it, and mesh it, mesh it your way. Uh, again, all your lifetime experiences. The, excuse me, the way we we tell our staff at training, uh, which we have a couple times a year, is te- treat these kids like they're your brother, your sister, you know, your nephew, your niece, and we're never going to have a problem. You know, we create family atmosphere because that's what's important. A lot of, and a lot of the kids that we serve, you know, don't have a great family atmosphere. Yeah. You know, <laughs> nowadays, you know, I, I would say it's more, you know, most people don't have that perfect, you know, the old yeah. shows that we used to watch back in the 60s. You know, that's that's not there anymore. Experience is new. Yeah. Um, so we want to create that atmosphere where they, where they feel comfortable. They feel safe, and they can feel they feel that they can talk about anything and trust us. Love it. Oh yeah, I always ask about uh, places, you know, places, and I think you've touched on that. Being able to walk into the boys and girls club and having the people that have grown up there and that experience that they come back to that building, whether it was the building they grew up in or not, it's still that that atmosphere you create is the experience, right? When they come to whatever. Boys and Girls Club, wherever, and hopefully they're doing that everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. Alumni, you know, that's a big thing with Boys and Girls Club America. For years, they didn't track their alumni. Yeah. You know, obviously, you track the Shaquille O'Neal's, the Colin Powell's, and right. and all those that are in the in the uh, Hall of Fame. Um, but now we're doing a better job of tracking local alumni uh, throughout the country. One of the coolest things is when we have these special events every year, you know go around talking and meeting someone. Hey, I grew up in the Boys and Girls Club in Oshkosh. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up, and, and they talk about their experiences. Now, not all clubs are the same. We don't all have this special sauce right. uh, that's identical, which is one of the things Boys and Girls Club of America is really, really working on because we want everybody to have the same experience. Depending on where you're at, you're, it's not going to be 100%, but you want you want the same experience wherever you go. And, and this, when other folks from other grew up in other – we have board members um, on our board – uh, that grew up in our club, and we've got a couple other board members. One grew up in South Bend, um, and uh, there's another one. So I forget the other club, but have grown up in other mm-hmm. clubs, and that's it's cool. It, it it made a difference in their life. There was a study out. Um, I forget the name of the marketing firm that did it. At probably in the early 2000s, 2008, 2003, 2008, where they did a survey of Boys and Girls Club alumni, and 83% of them say the Boys and Girls Club saved their lives. 97% it kept them out of jail or off drugs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's real impact. And it sounds like to me, and and, uh, part of my giant consulting is Boys and Girls Club has that that foundation you know you're talking about the experience and i'm sure what we say there's a a tool called maximizing team performance that talks about you have to have strong communication and we all have to kind of operate from a from a similar communication we have to we we know what a certain word means or what it what it's like when you walk in the door or whatever that is and we all know where we're coming from and know what the other person needs from us that builds you know the strong communication and that foundation to be able to do that builds wonderful relationships. So once you have the communication that builds the relationship, then you can really get to some alignment of where the organization's going, not only locally, regionally, but nationally, internationally. 
And then you can really start to execute on a plan because you have that strong communication, building the relationships that get you the alignment on what you got to execute on with the next thing is capacity. And we measure those five things and it becomes that endless circle or that endless flywheel, if you will, that helps that organization grow. And you can assess those five things through various assessments. But it sounds like you have the real sauce there that if you went through that assessment, those numbers would be extremely high. You hit it right on the head uh, when you said lingo. You know, every every business or every profession has certain keywords yeah. that you have to really, really understand to be able to be effective and make a difference in the kids' lives. And that's one of the things we talked about earlier, which is cool, is that most of the most of our staff grew up in the club, mm-hmm. so they know those keywords. They know how we operate. All of the program that programming that we do they've been through it as a kid you know all the way you know up through high school so they know how to teach it besides the training they get from boys and girls club of america there's certain words you know if i say cub cadet most people don't know what i'm talking about the staff needs to know it junior staff all these different ingredients that we have you have to know them and uh Again, like I said, we've all been there a long time, so it helps us get to the next level. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So as we we look at the future, like, you know, I talk about digital a lot and, you know, being engaged 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 uh, with, with, you know, with the technology in your hand. How is has that world impacting, you know, your uh, client, if you will? Well, in my world, that's been a challenge. Um, I went to college, you know, you know, we still went to the library and pulled out the card and you went and got the book. And when you did your papers, you did it on a typewriter. Right. Um, whole different world now. These young kids amaze me. You know, we have a running joke whenever we have, you know, someone, uh, one of our college kids come back and work for us during the summer. During the summer, they become our IT person. You know, okay. with five full-time employees and 25 part-time, we don't have an <laughs> IT staff. So that person becomes the IT department because they know the most because they've been doing it since they were a little kid. During COVID, um, our younger staff, uh, full-timers, um, they were the ones that ran our programming. So we were shut down from whatever that dreadful day in March was until June 1st. And that's so we could put the stickers on the ground and get our building set up in pods and six foot and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we were doing, we never truly shut down. We were doing virtual learning. Mm-hmm. So we were doing virtual learning. We were doing FaceTime Live. Um, we were doing field, which was kind of cool because I kind of watched some of these to see what, you know, to check on them and make sure what they were doing. Mm-hmm. One of the cool things they did was field trips. So every Friday during virtual learning was field trips. So, you know, one Friday, for example, was the Smoky Mountains and all the videos and the kids going through the Smoky Mountains. And it was it was truly educational, even even for me. And, you know, so eight hours a day uh, during that summer, you know, we were we're doing virtual learning. Then we were dropping off um, lunches and dinners for the for the families uh, for the weekend and, and then some tech stuff for them to build and create little projects, you know, some Legos, you know, depending on what age, uh, some STEM projects for kids to do. Um, We started getting in with technology. Uh, Remind, we have a Remind app now, so we can remind 
Mm-hmm. You know, these kids, they all have phones, parents yeah, right. phones. So, you know, the Remind app is better. You know, we send them a message, you know, what's going on, if there's a weather delay or what's, you know, what time you need to be here for this. So, so it's, it, again, I thank my staff because I was not the one that inst- installed any of this. They did it. Um, they they did a hell of a job. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of touched on that. How much of that experience are you guys looking at to carry over when it comes back to normal? Yeah, we're, we've we've continued a lot of it. I mean, uh, we haven't had a, had to deliver um, and give projects on Friday. You know, now right. they come. You know, if they don't come to the club, we'll have meals and other things that we work with Feed Evansville, where they'll come through and pick stuff up and have projects for them and and giveaways and. And that opportunity is still there virtually, but you know, a lot of people talk about still doing it uh, when you're not. Um, my background is education, and in person is yeah. is yeah. what it's all about. Where I come from, well, I, I think it still is. Yeah. <laughs> As a wife that teaches, I mean, it's like you can't. I mean, that's been such a horrible experience for the kids, and and I don't think people really understand how much they need to interact. They need that interaction. They also need to see expressions, facial expressions, see the lips move, you know, and that's that's very important to the to their learning experience, and it does help a lot. Not only their learning, you know, uh, educationally, but they learn how to be as a person. Yeah. Uh, you know, how to treat people. You're not going to learn how to treat people the right way sitting behind a computer being taught. Um, you need to be in that classroom setting with someone behind you, you know, someone's messing with yeah. you. Which they're going to do. You got to learn how to react and how to learn, experience that, and yes. do it the right way. How you react also, to it? Also easier to hide when the pictures right. you know that yeah. big and there's 40 pictures on a screen for a teacher. There's no way she yeah. can see that someone might be struggling or someone's not paying attention yeah, it, or sleeping or doing whatever. Yeah, the you know God bless the teachers and and I was in that profession for 20 years and what a challenge uh, they've been under and they're still they're still under it's you know god bless them I'm, people don't realize how important uh teachers are in their kids lives i mean when you think about it most teachers spend more time with your kid than yes. you yeah. spend with your kid yeah they can become yeah like family members extend family members for sure because i always say you know spaces for most spaces people if you design it well they go Oh, that's nice. But if you design it poorly, they're like, that is yeah. crappy. That is horrible. I kind of feel the same way with teachers. It's like, yeah, you don't realize how important they are until you get bad ones or you get people that are, or you go through this where go, they're just yeah. online and when you're you like, crap, up, they are important. When you open it up, can we go back to school? <laughs> yeah. One of the one of the cool things with time, um, you know, uh, did this years ago because I like telling, you know, when we talk about the Boys and Girls Club, how much time kids spend with us. Our our hours of operation are equivalent to 144 school days. You know, so it's almost a full school year. I yeah. think I think it's 172 or whatever a, a school year is now. I can't remember. 168 or 180, something like that. But we're almost, yeah. they're almost with us a full school year. Um, so we truly can make a difference. So, well, let's switch gears a moment because I, I got to, we got to, you know, we got our Cardinals fan over there, so tell us, take a break from the Boys and Girls Club because we love it, but I know uh, you and your wife, Chris, Wrigley Field, win a championship. 
you guys had i saw the videos yeah. i think you i can't remember but you guys were singing at the end of the game i know it was one they won it's called uh, uh go cubs go yeah and every true cub fan knows that yeah. song it was actually game six of the divisional series where we beat kershaw um and we were there uh my wife myself and my son matt who lives in chicago uh were there it was freaking awesome yeah i mean it was as a lifelong cub fan man it's you know you're a fan you're a fan and i'm a yeah. fan of baseball too i'm not one of them that hates the other team i'm I'm a Cubs fan, you know, people ask why you grew up on the south side of Chicago. I was actually bat boy for the White Sox in 76, um, but the Cubs, you know, when I grew up, were on 105 every day, yep. you yep. know, on WGN Channel 9, so I got to watch them, and as you grow up, you you know, all we did was go to the corner and play ball, you know, we didn't have <laughs> computer games, so, you know, even if you had two people, you could play fast pitch against the wall, and, you know, I, I that's how I learned to switch hit. You know, I yeah. go through the Cubs order, and I was that person. I was Beckard, I was Kessinger, I was Williams, I was Banks, I was Popovich, I was Hunley. You know, and then when you pitched, you were those guys too, and threw from all the different arm yeah. angles. And uh, so that was that was incredible. My son thought we would get to go to the World Series too, but those tickets were a little bit more money. <laughs> cool story. Last week, I got to meet Chris Bryant. Oh yeah. So we talked about oh, my yeah. son-in-law who okay. plays for now. the Giants right. now. Yeah. Uh, Chris Bryant uh, is a Giant, so. Go see my son-in-law. The first thing I do when he comes in, because he was on the road in Milwaukee, we were there a couple days beforehand, is I brought my Chris Bryant Cubs jersey. Yeah. And he goes, what's this? And I'm like, well, you're going to have Chris Bryant sign this for me when you go in tomorrow. I mean, he goes, I'm going to bring it. I'm like, just bring it to him. So yeah. Chris Bryant had signed that and got to uh, talk to him and, and his wife and his little boy Tyler, just a just a great dude. And his wife's incredible. Little yeah. kid's cool. I mean, just – it. Awesome. Yeah, it's been a it was yeah it was a good experience uh, all around for Cub fans. It's, this year, not so much. Buddy. Yeah, as John knows, it's, yeah. it wasn't wait till next Another, year anymore. Yeah. That, yeah. that's what we were saying. Now we're but, back to yeah, that. Now we're back to that. Which don't know if that's going to be positive or negative. But, They're hard you know, to watch right now. Buddy. Yeah, they are. And what what's going to happen with that will be interesting. But yeah. yeah, that it was a it was a good experience. Um, Luckily, I got the Giants to watch the rest of the year. Yeah, well, and and it was good because it seems like everybody got to go to a team that's at least competing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's nice to see. Yeah, yeah, and it was uh, that was good to see. But yeah, I'm a baseball fan too. So, but I grew up. Why am I a Cubs fan? Because they were on WGN yep. during yep. the day. Yep. They didn't have lights, so there was no night game. So you could sit in the summer. You could watch every day. Them. Listen to him on the radio. Listen to Harry Carey, and 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 that was, you know, something again with baseball. It's kind of frustrating that it's like, really, you got to be on the MLB. You can't watch the games anymore. They seem like they're always late at night. <laughs> if you're if you're not a true fan, I'm like, nah, too late. I'd love to watch Marlins Giants, but click. Yeah, kind of kind of depresses me how you know that's what made little little yep. kids like us get into the game because they were day games. You could watch them after school or. Or watch them all summer day games yeah. here on TV. Now they're night games, and now you got to pay for the MLB app. You know, if you have the MLB app and they're locally, they black it out. Well, it's it's like yeah. it's. I couldn't it's, be any more frustrated with uh, MLB TV, like the whole Cardinals experience right now. Unless you have AT and T, you don't you don't get to watch them unless they're on ESPN now. Well, and when uh, we talk about players, yeah, I knew everybody on the Cubs, yeah. but I also knew players on the Cardinals. Yeah. Reds, every, because every they were, team. They would show them. You could watch them. And right? it was less teams. Too. Yeah. I still go back to when I was 
it, the experiences growing up, you talked about why you're a Cubs fan. I, I just I go back and I would spend the weekends with my grandparents and my uh, my grandfather. He had a, a brother that was uh, actually blinded in WW2 and uh, was uh, uh, at, I mean just the, the huge huge Cardinals fan. And we would listen listen to them on the radio in his room. My grandpa would always take yep. me over there, and we would sit and just listen to the game kind of unfold. And at times, even with the experience that you have with digital today, I still like the MLB uh, network app where you can listen to it. Amen. Yep. Just listen to the game and have the story told through the commentator, sportscaster that is actually, you know, giving you that that play by play that that to me is as as good as just it watching it um actually my son's become more of a fan today of just listening to it from watching it he he's watching it trying to pick up everything that everybody's doing because he wants to be in the MLB one day too he wants to be a pitcher but um yeah the the stories that are told through that uh are are simply amazing and and that leads us back to you know what is the new norm or old norm or whatever it is that uh, that storytelling through that that commentator to me is just amazing and that that I just I love it because even as a Cardinals fan I can remember Harry Carey and one of my favorite collectibles is actually I've got a uh, bobblehead it's actually Harry Carey he's at a Cardinals desk calling stands stand the man yeah that's um, cool. And, and the good ones, yeah, the, you see it. You're listening yeah. on the radio, and you see it better than when you're watching TV and listening to some of those guys. I mean, the good ones are good. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite pieces uh, that that I have in my collection. It's the bobblehead signed by Harry Carey. The base, there's a baseball right next to it. It says, holy cow, uh, <laughs> Harry Carey. So even as a Cardinals fan, just the way in which he impacted the game and, and moved – that whole generation, like like yourselves, has, has been amazing. So you're a collector too. What's one of your favorite? One of my favorites is uh, Nolan Ryan. Yeah. Um, obviously the last name Ryan, and you know, he was one of the best out there. He threw hard. He was tough, and I've got a picture of him that I actually got at Night of Memories, I believe, one yeah. year, where he's uh, he's got Robin Ventura. Yeah. Player for the White Sox. Yeah. Putting a, putting a licking on him <laughs> with Robin's blood, yeah, um, coming down coming down uh, his jersey. Man, see, and see, see that. I think I've told Sean. I don't know if we talked about it on this or told you before, but whenever I hear sportscasters or whoever and they talk about unwritten rules of baseball, yeah, yeah. and I go, well, you can't comment that they're dumb till you stand in that box <laughs> and have someone throwing ninety eight yeah. miles an hour and they can hit you at any moment. And just to see, and that's why you have a lot of those rules of not showing up the pitcher and doing right. that stuff. Because guess what? They're going to come back, and you better duck your head or turn your back on every pitch because yeah. it might be in in the small of your back. And I don't think people realize that the control they have to have, and every I mean, they need to let the players police the game. Yes, and it and it'll be fine. But yesterday, uh, watching the game, uh, my son-in-law actually was pitching, and he got drilled. Um, he took uh, 99 miles an hour off the bat. Um, 
right into his bicep where by the time he releases from the mount, he's probably only 50 feet away. And right. I could tell right away it wasn't the Bassett where he got hit in the head, but couldn't tell because the angle was behind when they showed it from the sure. front. He got hit he got hit in the bicep, and his head went down right away. And the catcher, Caselli, called for, for manager and trainer to get out there, and I'm like, oh, here we go. And uh, the baseball, you know, obviously oh, they've yeah. seen the baseball with the laces. <laughs> yeah. and the Rawlings written, it was, it's indented in his arm. And one of the, you know, you talk about experiences. Back then when we were little, you'd, you'd put out, you know, you go yeah. throw some ice. He was able to pitch and struck mm-hmm. the next guy out, so it worked out great. But uh, he sent a pitcher because I wanted to know if he was okay, and they didn't ice it. It was all needles. You know, about really? 20 yeah. needles all around where the ball hit him right, in yeah. his bicep. And uh, Ty's not the, the biggest, strongest. You know, he's about 6'5", about 190 pounds. So mm-hmm. I'm like, that's got to be a bone bruise because the biceps aren't too big there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people don't even realize, yeah, you get hit and it's like, uh, you, you know, you're t- it tightens up as you sit yeah. there. In and the, the adrenaline, and you're like, you keep going. Oh, yeah, you can go for so long, but then you just can't. Some, I mean, I've been hitting the forearms, and it's like you can't even hold the baseball because it's just all oh, tight. It's so tight that muscle. Yeah, we had a player uh, when we were over in uh, Nashville got hit in the in the forearm, and it actually broke it. A compound fracture. Um, it was weird because it was coming in. He thought it was a curveball that was breaking, and he just kind of leaned back a little bit, and it didn't break enough, and it caught him right there and uh, fractured it all the way down. Yeah, they're in danger zone there. And, I mean, yeah. in the batter's box and on the mound. Tyler's brother broke his – broke his. he got hit mm-hmm. and broke his hand in a game one yeah. time. And, and it – you're all by yourself then. You know, you're only as – your availability is what's important to people. Yeah. Yeah. You, I ask about the favorite collectible. You want to ask your 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 item – let me add one thing in there. My second is I got a, a Shaq when he was with Orlando and Michael Jordan. You know, oh, before we yeah. moved here, we were we had uh, the honor of having season tickets with a bunch of my buddies to, to the Bulls games when Michael was playing. And I'll tell you what, TV doesn't do him justice to see him play in person. Yeah. He was incredible. Well, I thought you were going to say uh, Walter Payton because I, I, I remember you told me a story and you were like, yeah, we went to a Walter Payton autograph session and they said one per person, so I think you brought your brought whole my family. Kids, brought, I did. It was actually at Munster. It was in Munster, Indiana. They were opening up a re. I think it was a heart rehab hospital, yeah. and it was right before he was diagnosed with cancer, and got to have a nice long talk with him. And all he wanted to talk about was his son Jared, yeah, who uh, who was a player at Miami at the time, and actually spent a little time with the Colts uh, in in pre camp. And uh, yeah, so I. I brought four things to be signed, myself and three kids. And another thing about Walter, you know, I also coached football besides baseball uh, before I moved here. And when he was diagnosed with cancer, it was my last year at, at Ridge Central High School at the time when we were in the playoffs. And I had, when my kids helped me make, we took, you know, he was always a sweatband guy. Mm-hmm. So I made sweatbands for all my players and put the number 34 on there. And my pregame talk was, you know, what this guy's thro- going through right now. Um, don't tell me you're tired. Don't tell me you're sore. Don't tell me you're going to take a playoff. Yeah. Um, so I got to use Walter in an inspirational speech yeah. at one time, too. What and a he, guy. Yeah, he was great. I loved watching him. He was just – it's even you watch the old videos and you're like, I'm, man, that makes me feel old. But yeah. I remember a lot of that 
Yeah, Walter, back in Chicago in those days when we weren't good, yeah. it was Walter Payton left, yep. Walter Payton right, <laughs> Walter Payton right up the middle. Uh, so uh, what's uh, which one? What am I, which one am I asking? I ask about the collectible or, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you ask about that. Kind of goes into yeah, what product? You know, what do you use every day? What do you have every day? Whether it's at the club, whether it's personal life that you use that you just think is great, well made, well done. What I use, like yeah. an, an object? Yeah, yep. any, anything. Any tool, any, anything any, like that. Anything yeah. like that. You know, a lot of people say, I won't hand it to you, but a lot of people say, my phone. You know, nah, I'm, I'm not a fan of the phone. And, uh, yeah. Again, I'm, I'm old school. What, what I use this phone for mostly is uh, sports. <laughs> you know, to follow <laughs> games, game yeah. day or, yeah. or whatever on there, see the scores of games or, you know. To see how, you know, my son-in-laws were doing or, you know, they both have brothers that are professional baseball players too. So I'm following four teams in the, in the Cubs. And so it's it's mostly it's mostly sports. Um, the thing that, that means, I, you know, this is this might sound weird, but it's around my neck. Um, it's Our Lady of Mount Carmel. He, this is something from uh, going back to coaching days at Mount Carmel High School in Chicago is – you know, if you're a Mount Carmel graduate from Chicago, you wore a scapular. You know, uh, they were blessed, and I did that when I was principal out in Owensboro Catholic Schools where, you know, had them blessed and they wore scapulars. And it's just a re- everyday reminder mm-hmm. of you're not alone, mm-hmm. that there's always someone with you. And that's what Our Lady of Mount Carmel and the scapular is all about. We used to wrap them around the goalposts before games, um, on the baseball field, around things. Make sure, mm-hmm. you know, everybody remembered that they're a part of something bigger then what's going on right now, and someone will always guide him. And, and I just had my first grandchild in November, and he loves to pull this out of my shirt and put it well, in his yeah, mouth. I yeah. say he's kissing it. I think he's teething on it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I you know, I made a comment to my wife, when I go, this is going around his neck as a reminder, just that there's always someone with us. you know. So coaching, lots of experiences in sports, uh, I coach 15U, actually now they're 16, 16U travel baseball, coach uh, 12U fast pitch softball, and hopefully maybe uh, I've coached third through uh, what will be sixth grade girls basketball now. For those who say we've went too far into sports and it means too much, and, or it just, it's, it's, uh, it's, it, it's too much in the, the hours, too much in, in the devotion to uh, to the to the kids. What do you say to the, to those individuals? Because I believe it's got a lot of life lessons in it. Um, but it but, seems like today it's uh, it's it's the topic of conversation. Is it too much or is it too too little? Or where are you at? My opinion. Take it for what you will. Uh, and and all three of my kids were Division One athletes. Um, when they're young, let them have fun. Um, let them play every sport. Um, introduce them to everything because just because you like something, that don't mean that they're going to like it. I, you know, I remember my son as a freshman saying he was going to quit ball uh, and, and he quit baseball and he wanted to do something else and he thought it was going to break my heart. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, what are you, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to try swimming and diving, which he never did before. And he goes on to the University of Louisville and was all big east and and they were finished top 10 in the nation his his four years there um you got to let them do what they're passionate about you got to introduce them as a parent to what they do but when they tell you they don't want to do it you know and i got a buddy whose whose son took some time off from baseball but went right back into it 
mm-hmm. you know you, you gotta it's gotta be fun and you gotta let them do whatever they want if you get to the point um you know nowadays you kind of you kind of have to do some travel ball if, yeah. if, if if you want your kid uh to play you know it used to be if you wanted them to play in college now i think it's if you want them yeah, to play in but, high school because yeah. the little leagues are not what they used to be little leagues are little in my experience now um with my son little leagues are the regular little leagues are set up to get the all-star team who's going to be on the all-stars and yeah. and go from there so if you if you want if a kid if a kid if a kid not the parents wants to go to the next level then you guide them and help them and give them everything available for them because once you get to uh college um you know you <laughs> high school's a joke compared to the time you have to put in um when you get to college and you're an athlete because they own you um they got you in the morning they got you in the afternoon they got you in the evening they got you in study sessions you really can't have that same life to be quite honest with you mm-hmm as a regular college student you're a college athlete you're a student athlete that's it you're a student athlete a lot of that other stuff you're not able to do but that's what sets those kids apart in my opinion i always tell everybody if you get a chance to hire uh, a college athlete in any profession hire them because they don't know what eight hours a day is they're competitive um they're team oriented oriented the life lessons like you said (laughs) Again, I just got goosebumps. You learn everything being a part of a group. Um, there's lessons that you learn in individual sports too, but when you're a part of a team that you know has to work together to be successful, look at all the teams that win. And that's one of the things I see with the Giants right now, being able to watch every game and be around those guys and their families. And it's it's a team, and that makes a difference in success. Yeah. Well, and the dedication, like you said, that goes into it. Because everybody sees yeah. the home run. They see when they're, oh, I reached that level and I'm doing this. And that doesn't always translate. Yeah, but you don't see the years of work, all those Sweat, things they did. blood, commitment. The sacrifices they made in their life to reach that goal, um, which is a lot of personal, right? It's a lot of personal. Oh, yeah. yeah, parents it's- can guide them and coaches and whatever but it's got to come from within and i love sports sports made the difference for me yeah. if it wasn't for sports i'd be in jail dead or there's no doubt in my mind where i grew up where i was at the environment around me would happen and sports made a difference but again they don't see the you know the private lessons the, no. the time mom and dad hitting i mean you just see the home run you know, hey you're a hitter you fail seven out of ten times yeah. and you're considered good in 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 the sport of baseball you fail eight out of ten times you don't have a job i mean there's a fine fine line um but but i i can tell you this it's going to make you a better person love it well as we are on now for 57 minutes we try to keep it around an hour we get to kind of go into our wrap phase of the at 530 on main podcast here um speaking about sports individuals just the whole um world as a whole what person product or brand has the most authentic holistic experience who's doing it right person company um organization who's who's doing it wow that's a loaded question right there who's doing it right 
um, there's a lot of people doing it right. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm fortunate uh, in my position that I'm surrounded uh, by great people, not only in my building, but you know I get to talk to a lot of leaders in this community, um, and you know business leaders, um, you know leaders of other nonprofits. There's I there's no way I could single out one person you know this when i moved here from chicago from a big city to this town um you get to see good things happening when you're in a big city you don't get to see that all the time you know yeah Uh, you just see the negative stuff on the news all the time but for me being able to see all the good things and all the good people people here it's 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 incredible you know products i mean you know i my experiences with a lot of the nonprofits, and it and it's Mm -hmm. people uh, they want to do something for somebody else. They want to make a difference in someone else's life. You know, they care for those people in their building as much as they do for their own families. And yeah. and uh, if you if you have that recipe, uh, it's going to be successful. And I'm sure it's the same way in in the business world with you guys. Yeah. It all starts with the leadership. Yeah. You know, who that person is up there kind of makes people feel comfortable, voicing, sharing everything with them, and you know. Or yeah. not, or stay in a shell, and and if you do that, you're you're making a big mistake because, you know, you want to surround yourself with 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 good people. Yes. Uh, you know, you always hear it that, like it's a cliche that they're smarter than you. <laughs> if you can do that, you can do that. You're they're gonna make you look good. And I know there was a third part of that. What was it? Well, no, uh, I, no, I, no, I think you hit the nail on the head because I don't, I don't think. But there are still people in Evansville that don't see it, that how many yes. non-for-profits care, how many there are trying to help, and how much people do actually care. Because I think sometimes it, it – unless you start getting really active with the Boys and Girls Club, United Way, or whoever, you, you don't see it. And, and you can think, oh, that's not happening. No one cares. But that's you, not the case. Yeah, you go back to experience. And the ones that don't see yeah. it are the ones that go to work and go home. Yeah. You know, there's there's much more than life than going to work and going home. You got a community, live it, experience it. You know, go out there and see things. And I guarantee you, with all the nonprofits we have in this community, everybody has a passion about something. You know, it might not be kids. It might be seniors. You know, they they need the community support just as much as our kids do. You know, it could be mental health. There's so many areas in this community where you can and step in. You know, it could be an experience you've had with a family member. I guarantee you there's someone in this community that's helping people like that. Get involved. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, what's one thing you're looking forward to in the next, say, 12 months? What are you looking forward to to doing? I'm looking forward to seeing a finished product uh, with a turf field on Bellmead Avenue, which most people think, yeah, you're nuts. But they thought we were nuts and we had our Mm -hmm. campaign and built our facility and not have anybody else lead us in doing it we right. did it by ourselves yeah. and built it by ourselves <laughs> um to see this field done with special olympic athletes on there which i have a little bit of a passion for because back in chicago i ran the varsity club which was all the varsity athletes in every sport male and female and that's what i had my vars all the athletes do in the varsity club is participate in special olympics and uh I'll never forget we go to moraine valley community college for the first time and they're in a big college gym and all these Special Olympic athletes were in there doing something maybe as simple as hitting a balloon with their hand. You know, mm-hmm. they're paralyzed, right. you know, from the waist down. And, and to see, you know, these kids walk out and get them on the bus with me and cry and realize how blessed 
that they are, that they have their health. And because they were never in a room, let alone a gymnasium, to see that there are so many handicapped people in our community that we need to look out for and take care of. So having them on the field, the buddy ball program, partnering with them and having a handicap play baseball. Um, and just to have that, you know, one of the things we always do, and Mike knows this, when we built, we want it to be the best. Yeah. Everything in our building, you know, we don't want hand-me-down this, hand-me-down that. For our kids, they're going to get the best of everything, new everything, yeah. you know, new weights, you know, new pool tables, yeah. new ping pong, whatever it is. So for them kids to be able to see a turf field, you know, right in their backyard, and be able to use it, you know, when they want, um, that's going to be cool. And then the planning, you know, the future planning that we have going on with, with uh, you know, hiring some uh, some more uh, full-time staff, you know, uh, plug out there, anybody interested in a unit director position or an athletic director position, you know, we're hiring, and then maybe build a workforce development uh, mm -hmm. center for our kids and partner with, you know, yeah. the trades in the community um, or build another club in the community. So it's – we're – you know, each year you think, you know, as you're in a position, it's going you know, to get easier and it's, it, it, it just keeps yeah. growing. But uh, we probably do it to ourselves because we want to make it a better place. Yeah. Don't we have like a technician academy? Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's that, a technician academy. A we talked a little bit about that. That's, <laughs> uh, that would be a wonderful partnership and always would love to reach out mm -hmm. with, with that and be able to collaborate. I know you have a lot of connections with the aftermarket here, the the shops. I, I can think of one individual in, in particular, but we partner with Ivy Tech and do a lot of other things. So yeah, uh, yeah love to, to be a part of that discussion. Even if it's it's uh if it's leadership development through the giant content, uh, we're looking at how that gets installed in middle schools and and other content as well. So that'd be a awesome. connection right there. No, that'd be awesome. I mean, we, we have, you know, junior achievement. We have other groups coming in and teaching, you know, uh, people come in and teach financial literacy classes. So, yeah, we're, we want our kids to experience, right. yeah. you know, your guys' key word today as well, much as they can in life. Yeah, because a lot of times, yeah, that, that I always say that that's, you know, when they talk about, oh, what a poor communities or less fortunate less blessed than than we were uh what do they need now we say well a lot of times it's just access to yeah experience. that's it access do you like this do you like that do you like working on cars do you like doing computers what is it yeah, opportunities the, yeah. opportunities that's the one thing that uh hopefully if if covid you know permits it we're looking at uh we have a 10-week program going into some some of the the middle schools that are in need and really from a technician academy point of view i get to go and facilitate a conversation for 10 weeks twice twice a week with different individuals throughout the automotive industry showing them what that trade in itself can do for them both as a career uh, financially hands-on and and i'm really looking forward to that and, and i hope uh, i hope we don't have to postpone it once again uh, going into you know going into the middle school and being able to mm -hmm. facilitate that conversation face to face <laughs> it's not one of those that you want to do you know through zoom or anything like right, that because right. we have hands-on tech that we want them to see we have you know we're, we're going to invite some race car drivers in through zoom and they're going to get introduced to them but at the same time there's some online tech or hands-on tech that we want them to be able to see because it's not your grandpa's shop oh, anymore no. you it is can't work on your own car no, no more. <laughs> yeah there's we have the one stat that we always talk about like the uh f-22 raptor um you know the airplane one of the 
world's most uh, significant engineered like masterpieces has a couple million lines of code in it. The F twenty or the Ford Raptor has twenty two million lines wow. of code in it. Wow! So that's the stat that we always go. If you know, it, it's we don't use the word mechanic anymore. Mm-hmm. We use the word technician because they really do. It's not going and hanging parts. That the vehicle needs to be diagnosed. It does have technology that's going to tell you, you know, if it's uh, let's just say it's elbows inflamed. It's going to tell you where that pain's at, and you're going to be able to get to that quickly. And you have to be pretty significant. You have to have a understanding of electricity and a lot of those other things um, before you start hanging that part flat. You have to flash the, you know, control modules. You have to do all those things. It's uh, it's pretty significant. So love to be able to get you want to do that you know we can do the pod decks here we've or been I, doing it so okay so or a, we could ask the question of what you thought about the uh, field of dreams experience which one ooh. do you want to do that's a big one what i got a choice of a card or field of dreams yeah, well, yeah. if you watch the game yeah or, or, well or just what, so just so you know i will tell you the field of dreams next year will be the cubs yeah and the cincinnati yep. reds but uh, well, what that's going to turn into because they sold it and now it's going to be this sports complex and oh, what's really? that going to do to that experience, right? Because yeah. they just built that field. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting. But I didn't get to watch the whole game. Watch parts of it after Giants game after we got home from Oracle. Um, but it was cool, and I know, uh, you know, talking, being around some of the players um, of MLB that week, they were they were pretty pumped for it. Yeah. And it looks like uh, you know all the players involved. Had a blast. I will say that the ball was traveling like crazy out the right <laughs> yeah. field. Yeah. Uh, in that game, I mean, uh, but no, it was neat. It was an old baseball movie. I'll give you guys some trivia here that most people don't know. I've been in two baseball movies. I've been in The Babe, mm-hmm. um, and I've been in Little Big League. So, wow, it's kind of neat to yeah. watch Field of Dreams and kind of watch some watch baseball them. movies. One was one was. Uh, the Babe was cool with John Goodman, yeah. St. Louis boy. He was he was an incredible guy. Yeah. Uh, he would take us out. You know, we did ten days at Wrigley shooting. It was all guys that played baseball that were we were the actual baseball people on during the movie. Okay, you know, for the actors. And uh, what a great what a great guy. And then he took us all out afterwards on the rooftop when the filming was over. I just did the ten days in Wrigley. Um, and then uh, Little Big League was it. I still call it Comiskey Park. I don't even yeah. know what it's called right now. Guaranteed <laughs> whatever rate or it's changed its names. But we did that there, and that was not as much fun. It wasn't – we weren't involved in much in the filming right. as that one. It was more sit around and, and playing cards in playing the locker cards. room. Kind of like what the ballplayers <laughs> do before a game. Yeah, this is – this has some deep thoughts in it. It has some fun thoughts in it. But if you pick a card, it's up to you. Uh, it has some – and the winner is Oh, this is this is pretty easy for me. Which band or artist, dead or alive, would play at your funeral? Okay, so I am the guy when you go to a concert <laughs> or you're in Nashville Nashville or anywhere else where there's someone playing guitar that yeah. yells, Freebird <laughs> <laughs> So they will be playing Freebird at my funeral. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I actually had a friend that bought me a shirt that yeah. I'm the guy that yells the free bird. <laughs> awesome. Oh, are we answering? I don't know. If you oh, want come to. on. Oh, I, 
have no clue. I, yeah, it it, be, I, don't I change a, so much with music. I don't have a favorite song. I don't really even have a favorite band. I actually like uh, going to Nashville with my wife, and we just like to bar hop and listen. You know, it'd be something acoustic. Yeah. Because I can't yeah. stand the blowing you out of the bar where you can't, you can't hear. communicate with each other. Uh, just something acoustic where a lot of good music. But love Nashville, going to the different bars, and obviously listening. To, I mean, there's a lot of great oh, yeah. music that happens down there that no one knows about. Mine would, it wouldn't be necessarily a band or an artist. It would be an instrument, and it, we have to have the bagpipes. There you go. From <laughs> an Irishman, I love it. Had them played at my wedding. <laughs> yes, so did we. Had them played at Absolutely. my wedding by the Saint Chicago Mary. Fire Department and Police Department. Yeah, uh-huh. Hottie, uh, Hottie group came, and Melissa walked down the aisle to bagpipes. Very cool. In St. Mary's. Okay, very well, cool. That's pretty cool. Guy had dinner with Tuesday now. He said he told his wife, "Hey, if I if we as a joke, if we get married, I'm gonna do the full kilt and everything." And she held him to it. All the groomsmen are right, full kilt, which awesome. means no underwear. Wow! <laughs> nope. awesome. They had the whole the full <laughs> outfit at their wedding. So. <laughs> See, free bird. <laughs> All right, as we close here, Ron, how do our listeners connect with you and the? Evansville Boys and Girls Club. I think Mike Mike said it best earlier. Come by the club um, and get a tour. Uh, once you get a tour and, and see what's going on in all the rooms and what we do, um, figure out where your you know if, where your passion is, where you would like to help volunteer. You know, if you want to volunteer, you know, again, we're mostly educational. It's not just athletics, but we do have athletics. And um, if you want to support any of our special events, we would appreciate that. Uh, we have a golf outing coming up, or we have a couple openings in the morning on the second Thursday in September. Don't know the date off the top of my head. And then we have our auction coming up, and we still have some tables available for our auction in uh, in November uh, where we got uh, some great items. And we only do our auction every other year because we know, you know everybody's, all the nonprofits are running special events, so we do it every other year with the hopes that we can have some good items to auction off and get the same folks uh, to support us um, every year. So we're looking forward to that in November. Our phone number is uh, 812-425-2311 or the Internet, www.bgclubevv.org. Um, but, again, knock on the door. Our door is always open. Um, actually, it's not. you got to ring a doorbell because safety is a priority for us and our kids. But uh, ring that doorbell, and we'll see who you are and let you in and give you a tour. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Ron, Mike. As always, it's been a pleasure. This is the At 530 on Main podcast here in Evansville, Indiana, brought to you by Extend Group, VPS Architecture. Um, Like, share, comment. Uh, I've told you that there's a spot on both websites where you can say, hey, this individual needs to be invited to be a speaker. Tell us what we need to do. One star, five star. Uh, Get the word out there. Help us you know, share the good word, I believe, that we're trying to share around the word experience. Uh, tell us how we can make this experience better for you. So once again, everyone, thank you for your time today. Right at an hour and really do appreciate your time and your commitment to the community. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of At 530 on Main, hosted by Sean Collins and Mike Davis. Please leave us a review and share your thoughts on today's episode. 
Let us know how you've been inspired or what you would like to hear on future episodes. And if you've enjoyed the conversation, help us spread the word. Share us on your social channels. Message a friend. Rate the podcast. Without you, this experience would not be possible.